You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Are you excited? Because you know something? God has always got something good for us. Always. I don't care where you're at, where you come from, it doesn't matter. God has brought you here into this house for a special message today, just for you. You just got to remember, it's for you. Apply it to yourself as we bring up our brother Derek this morning, who's going to minister the Word of God. Amen? Oh, this morning, everybody, give God some praise. Is God good? I tell you what, let's just feel the suspense with this. We're just going to put this away. Can everybody hear me? God bless you. We didn't have anything. We didn't have any any resources. We were staying in a motel on the on the on the side of the road in Cleveland, Ohio. And I'll never forget it. We ended up going to this small storefront church. They had a bathtub for a baptismal pool. That's how old school it is, right? About that time, yeah, that, that's old school. About that time we got, you know, we got in there, the word started getting preached. My mother fell on her face and, and gave her life to Christ within 10 minutes of being in there. It was in that moment that my life changed, and I, I, and I hadn't even given my life to Christ yet. Witnessing that, can I tell you something? In a very instant, your life can change. I'm a living testimony. I've got two brothers that are still out on the street, but today I stand here as, as a witness to tell you that if you will give your life to Jesus Christ, your life can change. Come on, somebody. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Sometimes we need to be reminded of our testimony. We need to be reminded of what we come from. Amen. I tell you what, today I'm going to make it quick. I know that uh, Pastor Art and Pastor Maria are preaching out. Uh, they, 
they are uh, they are preaching in Pastor Sonny's new building. Can we give God some praise for Pastor Sonny, who's been? Pastor Sonny has a motorcycle ministry, uh, and, and he's involved in, in the community, and he does all of those things, and he's been faithful. Like, for a long time, he, was, he had a church in the YMCA or something like that in a, in a community center, and in that community center, a lot of people gave their lives to Christ. Some went on and left, and some stayed, but through it all, he's been able to build that ministry. So today, we're celebrating for him. Amen? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to give honor to God who's the head of my life. Without God, I would be nothing but dry bones. Amen. I want to give honor to our pastors, Pastor Art and Maria, who are gone. We have great leaders in this house. Can I tell you something? Good leadership is precious. It's precious and it's rare. We live in a society today where people who, who take up the name of Jesus do horrible things. And can I tell you something? It's good to have pastors that love us and that have the best of intentions for us. Amen. Amen. I also want to give just a, a shout out to all of you, all of you that are here today. You could have taken a break and, and went on vacation and, and went to St. George or Mount Charleston or, or went, went by to look at the new Raiders stadium. I don't know why. It's, it's, they're going to be sorry next year when they get here. I'm sorry. <laughs> but they are though. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're going to turn my mic off. Amen. But that's okay though. But you decided to come today. So just celebrate for yourself. Amen. I just want to. I, I just want to really just impress and impress upon you all today that uh, God is requiring and asking and pleading with us to be in relationship with Him. Uh, a lot of times when we talk about being in relationship with God, we see that maybe some people see that as an inconvenience, as if He's asking us to do something uh, that we can't possibly do. But I want to change that mindset today. I want to encourage you all to remember who you are and why you are here on this earth. Each and every one of you has a purpose in your life, regardless of what you think, from the oldest to the youngest, amen? And so today what we'll do, we're, we're gonna go out of uh, the book of Samuel, that's 1 Samuel, uh, that's uh, chapter 13, that's 1 Samuel chapter 13, uh, five through 14. That's 1 Samuel 13, uh, five through 14. Hallelujah. It's been a long time since I've preached. Pray that God would show up today. That's 1 Samuel 13, 5 through 14. And it reads as such. The Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. When the Israelites saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks in pits and cisterns. Uh, some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Uh, Saul remained at Gilgal and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, uh, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me up the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Uh, just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived and Saul went out to greet him. 
what have you done, asked Samuel. Uh, Saul replied, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. Uh, you have done a foolish thing. Somebody say foolish. Uh, Samuel said, you have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you if you had uh, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time but now your kingdom will not endure he's in a lot of trouble church uh, the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people he's talking about David everybody uh, because you have not kept the Lord's command come on church let's pray father in the name of Jesus God we thank you right now for who you are. We thank you for what you're about to do in this place. Lord, I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to let you do what you do best, which is show up and show out. I ask that you would sweep through this very place, that you would stretch both hands over it. Lord, we ask that any distractions that are in here, we ask that you would remove it. We ask that you would evict it in the name of Jesus. Cover this place with your blood. Let everything that, that is spoken through me, I'm only a man saved by grace, but everything that is spoken through me, Lord, I ask right now that you would honor it and that those lives that need to be changed would be changed, set free, healed, and delivered. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, I just got one thing to say to each and every one of you in here. He told you to be still. He told you to be still. Uh, see, when we look at how our society uh, is set up, church, I think we can all agree that it is easy to get distracted. Uh, the way the world is set up now, people are often in a constant state of confusion about what exactly it is God intends for them to do. Uh, technology and access to resources like Facebook and Twitter are at the core of our very way of life right now. Uh, no longer do we have to wait for much of anything anymore. Uh, we are in the Amazon generation now, church, where you too can have that watch, sweater, and phone right here today. Uh, there was a time when people would wait in lines for a popular movie or concert. I don't know. I know some of you don't remember that. Now, at just a click of a button, you can have both simultaneously. Uh, so how then, if the world is always moving at the pace that it does, are we asked by God to be still and expect to be successful? Uh, many of us treat God like a customer service representative. Uh, when we need something, we expect things to happen according to our timeline. Uh, yes, yeah, see, and brothers and sisters, I want to warn us that manufacturing this type of experience with God will make things worse in our lives if we can't learn how to just simply be still. Can I tell you something? He told you to be still. Uh, see, you see, I am convinced that God is looking for some folks in this time that we are living in that can be still in the midst of all the chaos. Uh, God is seeking for his people to not move when war breaks out in their lives. Uh, uh, he desires relationship with us, uh, but above all else, he is seeking a remnant that will do exactly what he says in spite of what we see. Uh, and that's hard, church. It's difficult to sit 
when you get that doctor's report. Uh, it's tough to be still when money is due and bills are, are looking kind of strange and loved ones are hurting. How do you tell a grieving spouse, uh, amen, to be still when they've lost their loved one? We as humans are often asked to sit still even though what we see is bad. But can I help you? Someone once told me that nowadays perception is reality for the people in the world. And let me help you. I would argue that this is the same for people in the church. We are guilty of going off what we see instead of seeking God's instruction for whatever is going on in our life. Uh, and this is often the difference between a breakthrough and destruction. And Saul was guilty of this. Throughout the Old Testament, it was made clear that Saul was not God's chosen man. He was selected as king. There's a difference between being selected and chosen. He was selected as king because of the people's rebellion and ignorance, but was not God's favored vessel. Regardless, Saul had a responsibility to uphold God's mandate as king. And can I help you? He couldn't do it, church. He wasn't capable of doing it. The prophet Samuel, listen to what I'm saying, was given instructions by God to tell Saul to wait for seven days. Somebody say seven. And Saul, in all of his carnality and fear and ignorance, decided that he was going to perform a burnt offering. But look at where his trouble started in the text. The text says in verse 5, the Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and so Soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. Boy, that's a big posse, isn't it? Can you imagine men out there and somebody wants to see you and fight you and they got 50 men outside? Some of y'all will run back in here and hide in the bathroom and call the police, wouldn't you? Yeah, okay. I know everybody's tough. All right, I got you. Saul's disobedient act was triggered by what he saw. Praise chapel. You know what happened? He flinched. You ever seen somebody about to fight and they do like this? And somebody does like this? That's a flinch. He got scared. He was free as they lay. He gave up his fortified position. Church, how many of us have given up our position in the spirit by what we see in the natural? Much like Saul, when we see our opposition standing in front of us, oftentimes we retreat or we do something that is contrary to the will of God. Uh, yeah, see, which takes me to my first thing. Listen, uh, we can't be led by what we see. I want you to think of it this way, church. Social media has news feeds and everything from cop shootings to potential war to the farming crisis to God not supposedly existing in all of these things. You have all of these things, and yet I have an important question to ask each and every one of you today. And I want you to hear me. Are any of these news outlets seeking God? Are any of these news sites that we look at on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else that generate all of this information, fake news or whatever it is, and create fear mongering and hate and all of these things, are they considering the living God in all of this? Don't answer it. I already know the answer. I said this so many times to all of us in here today. People in our society have no idea the authority they challenge in God. They are not God. They see God as a t-shirt or a punchline in a movie. They think God is like Zeus on a hill with a lightning bolt getting ready to just strike indiscriminately. 
Perhaps they have not considered that God is capable of changing the very fabric of our civilization. They've not considered that he was here before they were formed in their mother's womb. Uh, there are two fights going on in our society right now, church. The fight that is in the spirit world that you can't see uh, and the fight that we see every day in the natural. Let me give you an example. About in 2010, I was in Chicago and I was flying out, going back to Richmond. I was in school at the time. And I'll never forget it. Some of you know this story, but some of, many of you do not. Uh, it was raining really bad in Chicago, so bad that I thought that they were going to avert all of the flights out, right, and just and, and ground all the planes. But in this case, they didn't. Now, I tried to get on the next plane because I was a little nervous, and I'll never forget it. This little girl what, was, was running around saying, I don't want to get on the plane, Daddy. Something's going to happen. So, I, you know, some of you that have seen Final Destination, like, I took that as a, took that as a warning, like, no, I'm not getting on this plane. But... <laughs> In this case, I didn't, the, 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 the people at the front desk were like, you ain't got a choice. Either you get on this plane or you go home tomorrow. The end. So what did I end up doing? Getting on the plane, right? Oh, y'all said y'all would have waited till tomorrow? Okay. <laughs> well, I, wasn't, I, I didn't have the money for that. I didn't have the financial resources. I had to get home. But at this particular time, I got on the plane. And I'll never forget it. It was packed. And I was sitting next to a couple. And the plane took off, it was packed, and I could, the energy and the spirit on the plane, you could, you could taste the fear on the plane, because it was raining. They don't call Chicago the Windy City for nothing. If any of you have been in Chicago, you know how windy and cold and rainy it really is, and particularly how it is to fly out. And I'll never forget it, we, we took the initial descent out, and as we began to take the initial descent out, the plane started doing like this. It started doing like this, and, I, and I'll never forget it, I was sitting next to me and all I, I just had my head down. I was like, God, whatever you're going to do, you're going to do. And this man tapped me on the shoulder. He said, hey, brother, where two or three are gathered in his name and the plane stabilized, church. Don't you understand? Come on, somebody. Listen, there's a spiritual fight you can't see. Listen, and then there's what we see with our natural eyes. In my natural eye, I thought that was it. But there was somebody sitting next to me that was looking with their spiritual eyes that understood what, what was about to happen. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. When we forget that God is in control and all we can see is our resources and our ways of doing things, we panic when we are in the face of opposition, just like I panicked on that plane. Our eyes need to be fixated on our position in God and not on our position in man. The text shows us that the Israelites became fearful and hid when they saw the Philistine army. They forgot the living God church was their ally. How many of us can be honest and be truthful today that in this season of our life, we've wavered a little bit? Come on, somebody. Let's not pretend like our church ain't being hit right now because it is. We are in the fourth month of our banner being revealed. And it seems like many of us are facing an army right now. But if I ask each and every one of you in here what you are going through, I believe that many of you would tell me that which you are going through is mostly based on what you see. Am I right? Yeah, okay. We are in a generation driven by our natural eyes instead of our spiritual eyes. And that is why, can I be honest, church? We're having the problems that we do in our society. That's why you see so many Christians wavering. That's why you see people that they're leaving. That's why you see people questioning. I work at a college, and a lot of times when I'm asking, when, when we start talking about faith, people say, I'm questioning. You know why they're questioning? Can I tell you? A lot of them 
are coming as young people. They're coming into the school. They're not really having an understanding of who God is because of most of what they know about God has been manufactured by their parents. Now I have to ask a question. Are those parents living for God or are they just living? That's the difference, see? Listen, we have the problems that we do. And church, my second thing is this. To sit still and to listen for God, it takes discipline. Oh, that word discipline. Church, the text says that Saul remained at Gilgal and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. They were scared, y'all. He waited seven days. Somebody say seven. Uh, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal and Saul's men began to scatter. They ran. They gave up their post, everybody. So he said, bring me the burnt offering. Basically, you know what that meant? He was waving the white flag. He was doing like that. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, listen, Samuel arrived and Saul went out to greet him. And this is what he asked. He said, what have you done, asked Samuel? Now, did God tell him to do a burnt offering? No. But what did he do? He did it anyway, right? But why did he do it? He wasn't disciplined. He wasn't disciplined. Saul's issue was that he was undisciplined. He compromised when he should have stood fast, church. That's what the problem was. Now, let me break this down for you a little bit more. Most people believe that discipline is a hard word and that it's about controlling you. Can I tell you, that's not really what discipline is about. I want to help us today to really understand what discipline means. The word discipline means to practice. Somebody say practice. Training people to obey rules or a code of behavior. See, that word behavior is important in this because it was Saul's behavior that got him in trouble. Using punishment to correct disobedience, which was coming because he didn't listen. Now, if the word undisciplined was associated with a picture in the dictionary, I believe Saul's face would appear. He was so undisciplined. He was undisciplined, which was the source of his undoing. You ever known somebody that was undisciplined? Parents, you got kids? Let me tell you something. I got my two-year-old. She's like, Daddy, no. She'd be standing on stuff. I'm like, don't do it. She's like, Daddy, no, and does like this. Next thing you know, poop, poop, poop. I told you not to do it. You know? Then I go run over to her because I'm a punk. I'm like, you all right, baby. Like... <laughs> I'm a straight-up punk. My wife is back there like, yeah, you are a punk, you know? But I'm a punk, you know? That was her undoing. He was making burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. This is Saul. Because he wanted to surrender uh, his position, but God never told him to do that. What did God tell him to do? Be still. Is God telling y'all to be still right now in your life? Oh, it's hard to be still when you don't have any answers. <clears throat> Listen, church, we have some folks in the kingdom of God, and I believe right here, compromising and finding themselves undisciplined in their circumstance. It's quiet. God is telling them to be still because their breakthrough is coming, but they can't see it. But they can't seem to do it because they're undisciplined in their thinking based on what they see. They see being disciplined unto God as a burden until they get into trouble and then they want God to send in reinforcements. Uh, yeah, but see, if they would have just trusted him in the first place, church, everything would have been all right. Uh, church discipline takes practice. It takes practice. It takes focus. You ever, any of you ever played dodgeball before? You know you got people, and what happens? They, the people run up to the, to the line and start throwing balls at each other, but there's always that one person 
that's off in the cut like this. And they're standing there. And they're waiting. They're not giving up their position. They're still. And they don't seem to get hit. Next thing you know, they're like the last person. And then the person on the other side throws the ball and they catch it. Like what? They've won. But you know why? Because they didn't give up their position. But meanwhile, while everybody else is playing, you know what they're doing? Running around like a chicken with their heads cut off. That's what we do in life. God done told us to be still. You're going to get the money. You're going to get the money for the house. You know what? The doctor's report going to come out the way it's supposed to, but this is what we do. Then next thing you know, we, we, we're going to do holistic medicine. Then next thing you know, we're going to do street medicine. Uh-oh. Then next thing you know, we're going to do this and that. All the time, God just said, what? Be still. But we can't be still, right? That's what happens. Yeah, see, Saul took his eye off the ball. He was undisciplined because he allowed his men to scatter and his army was in disarray. But the Bible declares in verses 11 and 12 that when Samuel confronted Saul about the burnt offering and fellowship offering, he began to give excuses as to why he did it. Now, all of us in here done messed up at some time. Now, what's the one thing we do when we get mad and know we done messed up? What do we give? Excuses. That's what we do. <clears throat> oh, yeah. We give excuses. Yeah. I can remember when I would get into trouble when I was in high school. Don't ask me what I was doing in high school. A lot. But I would come home. My mother worked two jobs. I would come home. I always had an excuse for everything. And she would say, excuses are tools of incompetence. Used to build monuments of nothingness. And those that specialize in them are seldom good at anything else. Well, I would hear that all my life. You know what? You know what I do? I'll be like, whatever. The next thing you know, I feel a shoe in the back of my head like, don't. <laughs> you know. And that's what some of us need in the spirit. We need to shoot to get our attention. Not to hurt us, but to just to get our attention. See, it never hurt me, but it got my attention. You know, nowadays you can't do that stuff to your kids because they call 911. You know, they need it. Hold on, they, well, what's it called, a space? They need a space to go to. The only space I saw was stars, because my mother didn't have a, okay. Yeah, y'all. some of y'all didn't see that little lady come off in here. Yeah. He told Samuel, listen, now the Philistines, or Philistines rather, will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. Ah, the word compelled. Somebody say compelled. How many of us have ever felt compelled to do something instead of sitting still? That's a dangerous word. Then we end up getting hit. I felt compelled to get into debt because I needed to keep up with the Joneses, some of us say. I felt compelled to date that person even though they got five different baby mamas and daddies uh, by a bunch of people, right? I felt compelled to cuss out my coworker because they disrespected me. I felt compelled to take that hit of methamphetamine just because I needed to feel good sometime. Uh, how many of you have felt compelled when God is simply telling you to do what? Sit still. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Let me ask you this, church. Why are so many people in the kingdom of God, never compelled to sit and wait on him. And usually after we feel compelled, the result is not what we thought it was going to be. More time than not. When we feel compelled to do something, you know? Boy, let me tell you something. I was probably newly saved about two years in, and I felt compelled I was gonna move to Colorado. The pastor of the church I was at, he's like, oh, you feel compelled, that's what you're gonna do? Let me tell you something. That, that season dried up for me like within 30 days. I was sitting in Dayton, Ohio like mad. 
But I ain't had no business there. God needed to work out some things in me because I wasn't ready to move away. I tell everybody, if I would have moved to Vegas at 21, I would be dead. It is a fact. I don't know how many of you, I say it to young people all the time that are in their 20s and even early 30s, how many people are alive, whether you did any drugs, alcohol, how so many of you are still alive is amazing to me because of what you, are, what you face in the city every day. And I can't imagine what it was back in the, how it was back in the day. They said it was like the OK Corral back in the day. You could do any and everything here, you know? But the fact that many of you are still living is a testament that somebody was sitting still praying for you. Hallelujah. Samuel felt compelled too. I want you to listen. I'm almost done. He felt compelled to prophesy to Saul and tell him uh, that he was never going to achieve all that he desired as king. Uh, Samuel tells Saul in verse 13, you have done a foolish thing. Somebody say foolish. Uh, Samuel said, you have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Uh, if you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. Basically saying you ain't going to never go anywhere, anytime, anyplace, never. You're never going anywhere. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. Talking about David. And appointed him ruler over his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Now I want to talk to some folks in here that are working in ministry. Can you imagine not sitting still and God done placed a call in your life, then all of a sudden he pluck it away and say, I'm going to give it to somebody else. That's scary. That's a scary prospect. But can I tell you, there's a, there's a woman by the name of Catherine Coleman. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of her name. She was a faith healer back in the day. And the story goes that Catherine Coleman uh, was, was approached by God uh, in, a, in a dream uh, to, to, to have this ministry. And the Lord spoke to, to Catherine and said, I tried to give this to two other men, uh, but they, would not, they, they, they were disobedient and would not listen. And, be, and, and the Lord gave it to Catherine Coleman. And the rest, as they say, is history. She healed so many people in the world. She went all over the world. Don't you understand that when you have a call and a destiny on your life, God wants to speak to you because if he is not speaking to you and if he is disconnected, if you turn off your listening devices, which is your spiritual talk, your prayer time, don't you understand that you could end up doing more harm than good? That is a fact. How many preachers and pastors believe that they were called and it ended up in tragedy in their churches? How many priests have we seen that have misappropriated people and done horrible things because they believed they were called by God. They weren't sitting still to listen about who they really were and the fact that they needed deliverance. And how many people have been hurt because of that? You have to sit still and listen. Saul forfeited his legacy, church. Listen, praise chapel. Because he refused to sit and wait on God. Now, he wasn't God's chosen anyway, but he was selected, which meant he had all the rights and privileges of a king. But he even forfeited that because he wouldn't listen. There's some people in here today. God has been dealing with you. Maybe you're not in church every day. Maybe, you know, maybe you don't have that strong relationship. You're not in church. You're not working in ministry. But you, have a, you, have a, you, you feel something tugging on you. And you can't really understand what it is. Can I tell you something? God just wants to sit still and talk to you. He doesn't want to hurt you. He doesn't want to reveal anything about you that's ugly. None of that. He loves us. He loves us indiscriminately. 
Many of you and many of us in here were plucked out of the world in traumatic circumstances. Some people had a needle in their arm and God began to speak to them. Some people were staring down the barrel of a gun and God began to speak to them and said, I have life for you. God requires to be in relationship with us, not to hurt us, but to make our life better. Give God some praise, church. Hallelujah. Listen, that takes me to my last thing. Y'all can come. Don't scatter your legacy, my brothers and sisters, because you refuse to sit still. So many in the kingdom have missed the mark because they went ahead of God. I want to urge all of us today, me included, that if something is weighing on you in your life, try sitting still. <clears throat> Just try sitting still for a moment. Can I tell you something? God is in the breakthrough business. He's in the breakthrough business. You know what a breakthrough is? That's an immediate change in your life. And it happens forever. It never, God doesn't take a breakthrough back. Once it's given, you will always have it if you decide you want to walk with them. There's some people in here today that I see in the spirit that God wants to give a breakthrough to. He just wants you to sit still today. But God is going to give you a chance today because I believe somebody's life is going to change. He is able to do what? Exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask or think of. He's proven it time in and time out. Hasn't he proven it? Every time. According to God's word. I just come as a reminder today, church, to sit still and let God be God. I want to end with this story. Pastor Mike Neville was a great uh, man in our fellowship. He created this fellowship. I had an opportunity to sit with Brother Victor and Pastor Art on Friday, and they talked about the history of what it meant. I love talking to them because they have so much history about the church and, and about what it was like 30 and 40 years ago to serve God as opposed to now. And they were telling me that here's this white man from Oklahoma that decided to go into East L.A., and because he decided to go into East L.A. and sit still, to sit still regardless of what he's seen, regardless of the drugs and the gangs and all of the family domestic violence and everything else, he sat still. And because he sat still, revival happened. And many of you are sitting in here because of that revival. I see some legacies in here. Your mothers and fathers have served the Lord, and now you're here. But it took this guy, this white man out of Oklahoma, to decide, you know what, I'm not going to go somewhere in Oklahoma, in Ohio, in Nebraska. I'm going to go in East L.A. where don't nobody look like me. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's like me being down in rural Arkansas, right? <laughs> Going to a Klan meeting like, I just want you to know God loves y'all, right? That, that might be an extreme, right? But, <laughs> but God can do it. He's using people all the time. He's using people to make change. Church, he told us to be still. Can you hear him? Can you hear him? Or is there background noise in your life right now? What do you see? Are you looking with your natural eyes or your spiritual eyes? Are you staring down an army that is against you? Or do you see our God in the midst of your battle? Because he's there. Listen, church, we can't be led by what we see. We have to practice the discipline of sitting still. And if we can do that, God will seal our destiny. Do you love him, church?
give God some praise. Why don't we stand? Hallelujah. I'm done.